If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with a guest who's been on the show in a number of different guises. You've been on, uh, even on some really early episodes, talking about different projects, but this is actually the first time that I've had you on talking about your own kind of uh, DIY solo project that you've been doing for years now. And uh, it, it seems like we should have done this earlier, because I've been listening to your tapes for, you know, since like the mid-2010s, I guess, at this point. And uh, <laughs> for some reason, we just never made this connection to, to do an episode about it. But I'm happy to have you on, um, especially given that you have a new record that just came out, a new tape. And I think the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and just give some background on what it is you do with this project. Yeah, uh, great to be here. First time one-on-one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my name is Matthew Powers. I play, I am the creator of Midnight Review Presents. Um, yeah, it's a DIY project that, I mean, I've been doing for forever. It seems like um, it started as just like a, a creative dump that I, songs that didn't make it into bands I was playing with. And, um, you know, it's easy to write on your own. There's, there's no, uh, there's no one else giving you ideas or forcing their ideas in. So it, it just turned into, um, it just turned into more and more. And, um, over the years, yeah, just the albums have, have come out, and it's it's really fun. It's just something I really enjoy doing. Well, it seems like, um, you know, from, from, from tape to tape that you put out, it seems like things get more and more DIY. I mean, I, I, if people haven't seen <laughs> the most recent physical album you put out, I, I know I posted a photo of it on social media when I got it in the mail, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's very much... Uh, not just a an audio project like there, there's all these visual elements especially on this one that that come with it too so um is that something that happened uh, consciously where you've just kind of increased that aspect of it or is this something that you it just sort of has naturally come about over the course of doing the project uh, a bit of both i guess i mean it, it's naturally come about in its own way that i'm not trying to force anything or any idea or thing like that it, it, all the all the albums have just kind of come super organically and um the themes kind of present themselves as the songs are being written or like uh, this this most recent one was um completely written in like um one big uh spurt of creativity over um the december holidays uh last year okay and uh listening to the rob crooks interview today i mean he's basically said the same thing and like he had some time off i had time off and it just kind of all these songs just kind of like blah happened and uh this is actually the first album that that's ever really um it's really happened like that a lot of the other albums were the songs were kind of written 
uh, sporadically over years and recorded in random places with random people. And eventually, once enough songs came together to make an album, I, I decided to I would release them kind of thing. But this one really kind of organically came together in the way that for the first time, it kind of felt like uh, a real together kind of album where it didn't feel as kind of disparate as the rest of them were like, I don't know, it, it felt like really cohesive. So cool. Um, and the, the, the case itself, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for people to see it that, that do get to see it, but um, it's the same thing. It just kind of, it just felt right. And it just, did something that kind of I experimented with and it, it happened. Well, I like how there's there's an, uh, like a, literally a, a challenge to to get actually access the tape <laughs> inside the case, which was kind of cool. At first, I was looking yeah, at it, like mean, there's got to be a trick here, but no, you have to actually you know carefully or or not untangle the uh, the, the the various tentacle like wires to yeah. Like I was saying to you, I was I'm excited to see how everybody kind of deals with it because I I wanted to with the with the physical release, um, I really wanted to make people feel something with it you know like make uh whatever that might be like i wanted to gross people out with it i wanted to challenge people with it i wanted to make people feel excited about holding a physical product in their hand again and like what to do with it and you were careful with it i i am i'm gathering yeah 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 i want to because i want to keep as much of it intact but i mean (laughs) you're right someone could just take it and just rip right into it and uh get to it that way or some people, I mean, we're in an era now where people don't necessarily buy physical copies because they want to listen to them physically. They buy them uh, to support or as like collector items and then they, they listen online. So, yeah, I guess there's not really a, a given way that people are going to consume it at this point in time. No, and I mean, when you buy it on Bandcamp, even when you buy the physical copy, you get uh, digital downloads. So, I mean, if that's how you want to do it and you get this bizarre thing in the mail and you're like, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to deal with this. Like, it's just going to go <laughs> on the shelf or whatever, but then you got your digital copy, but I actually put the the digital download code inside the tape as well. So I mean, you still would have to you have to break into physically it, yeah. get into it if you were if that's the route you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that. So you know what you were just saying um, a few minutes ago about sort of having the time to to do this as one big cohesive project. It, it seems like, especially on the first couple of tapes you did um, with Midnight Review Presents, it seems like those, at least in the way that they were. Um, even just looking at the covers, I mean, you have all the names of all these collaborators, and I know you have people you worked with on this one who, who are credited on the tape, but it seems like those first few were a lot more group efforts of your songs, whereas maybe the last one and this one seem to be more sort of your own thing. Is that is that accurate, or have they all been as collaborative as each other? Um, I mean, I, I really like the collaborative part of it where I can take the songs where I feel too the best of my abilities to take them and then i've always been really lucky to know a lot of really talented people and play with a lot of talented people so to then be able to take one of the songs and say hey could you do a guitar solo on it or something like an actual guitar solo or proper keys or you know proper anything where it's not just me mashing around on it or whatever but um a lot of the songs i took them to as far as i could so yeah i mean if I felt they were done at that point, then I didn't necessarily ask anybody um, to come on and help me with it. But um, it's always been a great option to to be able to do that. But this one was a little bit less in just the sense that I reached out a whole lot on Ghoulish and um, I got a lot of really, really great help with it. But it, in its own way, it, it slowed the project down and it kind of bogged it down where I was waiting for, for people to come to me with things. And sure. Uh, sometimes when 
you know, I get really antsy and I just want to, I want to be done with certain things sometimes. So, uh, it, it, the last one kind of weighed down a bit. So I just kind of felt that with this one to maybe DIY it a bit more, take more of the burden on myself and force myself to be more happy with the songs even in that sense. So <laughs> do, do you not, feel that uh, way now that they're out? Like, are you, are you happy with how they turned out even if they didn't have as much, um, you know, uh, touching up from, from other people? Yeah, you know, actually I am. Um, not that I haven't been any happy with my previous releases, but the it's not even like a perfectionist thing, I guess, but it's just sometimes getting that idea out of your head and the sure. way, you know, the way it comes out sometimes you're you're 99% happy with, but sometimes you listen back to that and that 1% just always kind of gets to you. But uh, th this one, I am, I'm really, really happy with it. I'm super happy with the way it came out. Um, yeah, it just, it, uh, it really worked out. Well, among among your people who you did collaborate with on this one is the famous Sandhogs, which I thought was very mm -hmm. cool because that's another uh, person making local music that is kind of this mysterious, also very DIY sort of thing and very productive too. I mean, like that guy puts oh, out so man. many tapes and CDs and online stuff; and it, it's nuts. How did you? Prolific. What was the? I guess what was the reason for uh, connecting with the Sandhogs for this one? Um, for I mean, I he played on the, the last one as that's well. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did uh, lyrics for a song called The Moral Special. Um, I mean, I originally contacted uh, them through your podcast. I, I was I listened to the episode, and uh, I have a habit of reaching out to some of the bands that I'm, you know, the, the interviews are great, the music's great. Like, I, I like to say hi, and I do like to collaborate with people, so I'm always kind of throwing that out there that, hey, if you're ever looking for this, you're ever looking for that. Um, and he was just really kind of receptive from the beginning. Um, so we've been chatting a lot and um, he he has such a fantastic kind of like a storytelling, songwriting kind of style. Definitely, you know? like, definitely. Um, uh, so a couple of these songs that I've asked him to help out with are maybe like they had more verses than I was like willing to tackle myself. And I, I hate writing lyrics, so... Um, for someone as prolific as the Sandhogs and like, like I said, from the start, the, they've been really receptive as far as like wanting to collaborate on things. So yeah, I'll keep collaborating with them as long as they're willing to, to keep helping me out, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, everything that, that I've asked them to help out with and he's come back with has been pure gold and I've just been so happy with it.
Not, not, not to dwell on the Sound Dogs too long, because that could be its own episode again. It probably will no, be at no, some point. No, no, I mean, let's, let's but, talk but, about but, them but, as much. Like, work, how, how, how is it working with someone who a large part of sort of the, the whole Sandhog's personality is the, the mystery behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously you're putting these rec- these tapes together with contributions from other people and you're doing a lot of it on your own, but how do you work with someone who is essentially um, this mysterious figure, <laughs> you know, who this Jandek-like figure who, um, you know, most people don't really know who he is personally, and there's that's kind of part of the whole appeal. No, and I mean, uh, technically I don't know who they are personally either. either. Yeah. I've no never met them in the physical form so um it's been completely an online collaboration in that sense where which is you know makes makes it easier than it was in the past where i would have to bring the computer to people's houses and set up and go wherever just as you had to do right yeah um so being able to just send tracks to people and whatever setups they may have at their at their place all i need back is a wave file and i can add it to mine you know and so um, it's been completely online in that sense, so you know, they can remain as mysterious as they want, and um, we can still have a great collaborative working relationship in that sense. It's yeah, cool. that is cool, and that is the, that whole aspect of technology means that you can work with people who not only are anonymous, but maybe don't even live here in Manitoba, right? You can mm-hmm. really connect with, with anyone who uh, is doing interested in doing something with you. Yeah, I don't know if a lot of people got into like um, online jamming, if that's even really a thing. I guess you'd maybe really need a, a great connection or something Probably, like that yeah. over the pandemic. Yeah. But, um, just being able to collaborate online like that is just a game changer. I mean, I, I, I still do and used to love going to people's places and making a day of it and all that kind of stuff. But um, to just be able to kind of send things out there and let them come back to you as they do is is also just a great way to keep things going you know yeah it changes it changes things it makes it makes it easier to to do things at your own pace um as long as you have all the pieces you need right you can you can then put them together yeah sometimes the actual physical side of it of wrangling somebody down and saying we're doing it this afternoon you know you get things done potentially a lot quicker but you know you can get a whole bunch of ideas out there at once i guess yeah yeah what is the um I mean, obviously, the horror theme is is strong with all these all of the tapes you've done so far. This one is no different. I mean, um, yeah. where does that They're come in the from? Title. Yeah, it's, it's in the title. The word horror is actually technically in the title. But what w- what is the reason behind that? I mean, has that always been sort of the 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 theme you've had for Midnight Review presents? Even even the name, it has a very horror movie kind of vibe, right? All, all the artwork, everything that's kind of gone with every tape you've put out. Um, what is what is the reason behind that? Why did you decide to kind of uh, give everything this this horror uh, motif? I guess. Uh, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, I guess that's just. I mean, I've always been a spooky kid. I guess in that sense, I like monsters and horror movies and VHS of horrible B movies and yeah. you know just you know I um, I've always kind of a, identified and really been into that lo-fi and cheesy and campy and b and i don't know it's just always been part of my my kind of aesthetic in that sense so it made sense i mean i guess if if i was doing a a bedroom pop kind of sound i probably wouldn't necessarily go with that kind of aesthetic for this you know but i guess it it technically fits right yeah i mean it um, totally, totally fits. It totally fits the sound too. But uh, what, yeah. what came first, though? I mean, because I mean, some of the songs themselves have a very horror vibe to them, 
anyway. Like, was yeah. that is that because of the overarching theme, or is that just how they would have come out anyway? Like, if it wasn't called Midnight Review Presents and you weren't, you know, taking inspiration from these B movies, would would that sound still happen, or is that sort of a, yeah, you know what I mean? No, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I certainly songs tend to come out in a style, and um, especially with the first album, like I said, I'm not a big. I don't love writing lyrics. I've, I'm not great at it, and I find it takes me a really long time to do. So the first album, I kind of just wrote monster stories, and it came out easier that way, where I was just writing yeah. a silly monster story or whatever, you know? So it, I just kind of followed that vibe. And um, originally, I wanted to call the project The Moonlighters, but it, uh, it, it didn't. There is a band. There's an established band called The Moonlighters already, so... Um, well, and that ended up being the title of the first tape. Yeah, exactly. So that's where I kind of turned it around to that. And then I had to kind of come up with something else. And originally, maybe I thought it would be like a, I could do a different kind of style of music. Every album, like the Moonlighters would have been the, the punk noise kind of album. And maybe I would have done something else under like a different kind of name. But um, yeah, Midnight Review Presents just kind of ended up becoming like a the catch-all and it and it, it can be kind of anything i mean i don't as much as there is like a a noisy punky through line through most of the songs i mean uh, i am always kind of trying to do something a little bit different from the last song and always change it up and not really uh, stick in a style in that sense i mean i don't know but well, obviously I'm- there is a Mixed in with the, the punky noise stuff, though, there is there is also kind of more atmospheric stuff, too. Not not like you have these big soundscapes or anything, but there's definitely, uh, you know, things that are a little more experimental, a little more kind of, um, uh, like, like I don't know what the word is. I was going to say theme building, but it's not really theme building. It's just like, you know, uh, tone tone building, maybe. Um, yeah. set, setting up for the next kind of blast of, of, of yelly, distorted fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the second album, um, Words Can't Save You Now, and it was... Same thing. It was just like a, a collection of things that had been recorded randomly over the years, and uh, they all ended up being kind of uh, keyboard, soundscapey, soundtracky kind of instrumental stuff. And uh, I mean, I really enjoy making that kind of stuff because you can just kind of sit there with your thing and just plunk around. And I mean, I love to do things in a really improvisational way so that I don't have to toil over things and think about it way too much. And you know, that's the it's a productivity killer in that sense. So like, um, just uh, the soundscapey stuff is just a really fun way to experiment and just it's it's almost like there's no wrong answer. You know, like yeah. there's no there's no wrong way to do it. You can just do anything and it can kind of sound good. Uh, on the newer album, there the 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 through lines ended up being that sound soundtracky kind of thing. Just yeah, just I I really wanted to do something that kind of had like a, a a through vibe and didn't feel like it really stopped kind of thing. You know, it did just kind of go from it. There was no time to take a breath and just, it just went from one thing to another kind of, you know, so.
and listening to it on tape, right, in, in the way, I guess, that it was intended to be listened to, I'm assuming, it does have that yeah. kind of um, fluidness to it, right? But you're you're in an era where people are listening to things in so many different ways, like we, like we said at the beginning. So how, how do you make something that has kind of an overarching vibe and, um, you know, is clearly recorded, like you said, in sort of one big group rather than just individual songs sort of from years and years put together how do you maintain that kind of feel to it if you don't know if you know that people are going to be you know maybe pulling track three off Bandcamp and then they skip ahead to track seven or whatever you know like is that something you have to worry about is the fact that it's going to probably be just taken apart and uh rearranged rather than listen to kind of start to finish um no i mean it's not an overall concern to me i mean um i wrote it that way because it kind of felt right to write it that way and that's just my personal choice if somebody really wants to just pick it apart or add something to a, a playlist or whatever i mean i'm totally fine with that i mean i think the songs stand on their own in that sense that you're not necessarily going to get the through vibe just listening to one of the songs but i mean i think they stand alone on their own enough anyways that yeah you can still I like mean, a song without having the, the the context of the rest of the record yeah for sure and i mean it's not like it's um a, a thematic story all the way through or anything like that the lyrics are inconsequential to each other you know like they're just um they were all almost they were in this case they were written by three different people and the first song uh by me the second by sandhogs and uh nicholas friesen wrote lyrics to the third one so i mean um they weren't it's not like an overall story i had in mind like a mars volt album or something like yeah that. yeah it's, it's just I felt that tona tonally it, it kind of had a a through vibe and like um but yeah there there's nothing that carried it otherwise okay Do, what is the sort of um is there an ongoing plan for midnight review presents i mean you seem to release a new tape every every couple of years every year or so however long it is between tapes but is it, it seems like the kind of project where you can potentially just do it forever, right? Because, I mean, you're doing most of it on your own and then connecting with collaborators, but is it one of those things where, you know, 10 years from now there could still be more Midnight Review Presents tapes coming out? I don't see why not. I mean, as long as, as, long as I'm still kicking, I'm going to keep doing weird art, and that's just what I do. So, I mean, um, I have another album already recorded and ready to go and i've been sending it to people and cool. um, um no I, I i see no need to stop it's just something that i i can't stop even you know i mean um if i had all the time in the world i would i would do a lot more recording but with kids and work and the pressures of life and all that kind of stuff you know you, you only get so much time yeah of course um, yeah, i know exactly what you mean yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there were there were longer years in between the first couple albums because I was still playing in bands, and uh, that's not happening as much these days. Um, so I do have more time for other things. But yeah, I mean, I'm always going to keep doing this. It's it's a, it's a compulsion. It's a yeah, I have to keep doing it. You know, I can't stop. Yeah, no, I I, I feel the same way about this show that I do. Um, <laughs> I, I've gone so far now that it's too, it's too late. It's too late to back out. <laughs> It's already, no it's going to keep well. happening forever. I, 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 I know the feeling for sure. I mean, obviously it would be great to be able to be compensated for the work we do, right? In the sense that like, if you could, if this could be your main job, I'm sure you would be. Yeah, it would be amazing. That, yeah. Right? And, and I'm sure you're, you as well. I mean, if you could do. Yeah. 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 Minute review as, as, as a, as a full-time gig, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Even any sort of just artistic pursuit. And I mean, like I, my, my day job is 
artistic and creative enough. Uh, I get to work in a warehouse where I build props and yeah. get to design things and be creative in that sense. But um, yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always done stuff like midnight review or, you know, painted or done random things or tried to do video work and um, just, I, I can't stop creating in that sense. So it's it, whatever form it comes out in, it's going to come out and whether it's under the, the midnight review umbrella or if it's just something, something else. else. Well, and I guess the, 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 uh, the technological dystopia we're in where everything is, can everyone's connected and you can post anything you want online. It makes it easy for projects like that too, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't have to do anything. You can make an album, take as long as you want or as, as quick as you want, put it online and then it's there for whoever wants to, to see it. It's a different, um, I imagine even, even 10, 15 years ago, it would be much more complicated to, to, to be doing this with all of the other, you know, life pressures and things like that. And I, I assume you still would have been doing it, but the, uh, the ease of something like Bandcamp and all these streaming sites and stuff is you can just kind of throw your music out and it's, it's, it's gone to whatever corner of the world decides <laughs> to track it down. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting that once it's, it's online, anybody can potentially hear it. Right. I mean, um, it, maybe it's a bit of like screaming into the void at this point. Like there's just so much out there, right. That, I mean, where you're making a dent is kind of, it is what it is, but I mean, like I've met a lot of really cool people doing this in the city and, you know, um, that's, that's really more important to me is just forming these sort of collaborative relationships that, <laughs> that I can keep continuing to do this kind of stuff and uh, you know, meeting the right people that, have the same kind of uh you know intentions and interest in the in those sorts of things and yeah um yeah i mean what what could you do in the past right like put out an album and then try and get it into hmv or like cd plus or something like that i mean like now especially if you're not playing shows right i mean this isn't the type of project where you're out there gigging once a week or whatever because Mm -hmm. it's not that type of project so yeah that would have been a lot more complicated yeah, I mean, just being able to throw it up online, and I mean, I didn't roll this one out in any way. I just, I was finally done it, and I just was, I, I was like, okay, it's done, out, release, done. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I've in past projects in this one and in other bands, you know, you do the whole two months lead up, and then you do like the single drop, and then you do all that other stuff, and then you go on tour, and then you do the CD release, and et cetera, et cetera, and like, yeah, I mean not with this project, which like is freeing in its own way. And, but you know, I'd like, I'd love to get it on stage at some point sometime before, before I'm too old to ever do that. You know? Yeah. That was but, kind of um, my next question is like, how much work would it entail to, to make this, to play one of these albums? I mean, whether it's the, the current one or one of the previous ones or whatever, like in its entirety on stage, how many people would you need to, to pull something like that off? <laughs> it would vary on song by song. I, I guess. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after um after sit down tracy broke up uh janelle and i we we did start uh the band we on the midnight review band midnight review presents um we got roger arsenault to play bass and i was searching for a drummer to to fill the spot and um which is weird (laughs) seeing as like you're best known as a drummer i think to most people that's my thing, but I didn't want to do like some leave on helm drum <laughs> sing thing uh, that, that didn't, uh, people said do that, but I, I just didn't feel that was the thing. So I was playing guitar and singing and doing some keys and um, yeah, I had a really hard time finding a drummer until that's how I actually met David Dobbs. Um, and then we just kind of moved on with vampires. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, Janelle got burnt out after playing music for so many years and Roger was starting to feel the same way. And, um, you know, it just didn't feel like it was naturally going to just fall into place. It wasn't really working out. So, you know, vampires came along and that was great. That took, that, that was really fun. We did a lot of great stuff. Um, and I guess, <laughs> you know, now I have kids and, uh, uh, this is post pandemic where I hadn't, nobody had really played shows even in any, in a, in so long. And, for sure. Yeah. It's been such a weird time yeah. for anything creative. Oh, for sure. But I mean, yeah, I, it, it would be a real dream to just get the, to get it on stage one day and, um, you know, could do it with five people you just would, um, the people would have to be comfortable with, uh, playing keys, one song, and then smacking a metal bowl with a stick, the next song. And, uh, it, it, people's jobs would wildly vary from song to song. I think it'd be really fun though, to try and recreate some of these things because they were created. So, um, improv and pieced out in a basement alone by myself for the most part so yes when we were jamming it, it was really fun actually hearing them out loud and hearing other people play the parts all at once you know it was neat it'd be cool to see that live too i think just the, the spectacle of people jumping around from instrument to instrument and, and <laughs> noise maker to noise maker it'd be it'd be cool well i mean if anyone's out there and wants to <laughs> start the band
how do people find out more about this project? Where, where do they go online? You know, because it, it's a podcast, they could hear it the day it comes out, or they could hear it a year from now, two years from now, whatever. Um, what's the best way to, to follow Midnight Review Presents and, and see what you're up to as far as, you know, uh, new releases? Maybe one day you are playing a show. <laughs> what's uh, <laughs> how, how do they find you online? Um, strictly on Bandcamp or Instagram. So Midnight Review Presents on both platforms. Um, I'm the only one. And is the, is the only way to get this this current album, is it on tape and then through Bandcamp, or is it available on all the other stuff too? Oh, no. No, no, no other streaming stuff. Um, similar to you, I'm too old to care about that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, too old and mm-hmm. set in our ways, I get it, yeah. Ah, it's not even that I'm set in my ways, just like... <laughs> I definitely am. <laughs> <give> a, <laughs> I could give a crap about supporting Spotify in that sense. I mean, like, it's it, it means nothing to me to, to, to get on there, to pay monthly, to to support that sort of thing. You know I mean? It's maybe it's more of a matter of principles, even than just like being against the sort of digital tide like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's, that's a perfectly valid reason not to do it too. Right. Just, <laughs> you, you see how much you see artists getting paid like 0.00001 cent per stream or something. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it kind of rough to, to look at some of those stats. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, even just, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the, the treatment of artists for, for the service, you know, like uh, uh, that's kind of across the board, right? Though, I mean, that's even like a, a playing live problem in that sense. Totally. Too, so. Yeah, yeah. Again, we're in a dystopian future, and we can't escape. Um, <laughs> as far as the physical copies, I mean, like we talked about, I mean, the the, the packaging on this one is 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 particularly cool, and uh, all the other ones have great art and great, uh, you know info in there and everything what's are any of those available like i know this current one obviously you made tapes but are there still copies of the other tapes floating around that people can can reach out to you if they want to pick up yeah for sure um they're all available on Bandcamp to buy so um you know i can ship them out or um deliver them around the city but uh yeah the all the way back to the first one there's only a handful of copies of um the moonlighters left um on cassette no more cds of that um Words Can't Save You Now, I still have cassettes of that. Same with Ghoulish, cassettes of that. Um, cassettes are just, they're almost on par with, with CDs now to make. They used to be the cheaper option to make, and now now uh, not so much anymore. But I still love cassettes. cassettes. So do I, yeah. It's just something about them, especially DIY cassettes from local people. It's just, it's, it's when you put that effort into it too, like with, with the, with the, with the uh, packaging on this one and stuff too, it's nice to see this kind of like, handmade super diy super uh, like you know lo-fi all of that stuff all, all those great punk rock <laughs> things that i think the internet has sort of made people forget about a lot of the time it's nice to, nice to see that happening again in real life well thank you yeah i mean I, I really tried to put the effort into the physical copy this time because um it's it's lacking these days and not for not for like necessarily for want of it even you know like there some people want it you're you're one of the few people out there i feel like that is still really interested in the physical copy where like you said, just the, the different generation just isn't, you know, and uh, they never had that. They never, it's hard to, um, it's hard for, it's hard to want something that you've never really experienced before in that sense, you know. Like, Especially when you've experienced um, the touch of a button, you get whatever you want immediately beamed into your head, right? So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's even kind of like the, the physical aspect of this was that like, it's, it's the exact opposite of touching a button to get what you want, you know, like, um, you like to, you said, you have to, you have to, it, yeah. you have to remove it. You have to rip it apart cut it open do whatever you know like and um and patrick um michaelishan who um played um some synth on this like he even pointed out that it doesn't fit on your cassette rack sure doesn't really so it's just a big dumb thing that you have to fit 
uh, you know, put on top or hang off to the side or do whatever. But like, um, I really wanted to do something physical with this physical thing, you know, like I wanted, I wanted it to have some, some weight out there. I wanted people to feel something, you know, I think I, I think I achieved that. I think so too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 